Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. We have reached the quarterfinals in Melbourne. Welcome to TC Live as we entertain you for the next hour leading up to first ball down under. And whether you're a teenager or 30-something, first-timer or frequent visitor, the Last Eight Club is a prize you will have in perpetuity. Here's what's coming up on the show. The women's quarterfinals are loaded with Cinderella stories. We'll tell you how they got there and which new star has the best chance to win it all. Plus, the men's side is all familiar faces, including Carlos Alcaraz and Daniil Medvedev on a collision course, both in search of their first Aussie Open title and a return to number one. The top American man left will hear from Taylor Fritz what he must do to defeat Novak Djokovic for the first time and why this is his best chance. Queen Wen stepping into Chinese tennis royalty. Get the autographs now as a star is born in Australia. Get him, Queen! Our featured matches on this Tuesday down under, Monday on the mainland. Coco Golf kicking off singles play inside Rod Labor Arena against Marta Kostyuk, followed by Fritz and Djokovic. And then in the night session, it is the only women's quarterfinal with two seeded players, Arena Sabalenka and Barbora Krejcikova, followed by Yannick Sinner and Andrei Rublev. Come on into the studios. Great to have you here with us, Steve Weissman, Martina Navratilova, Lindsay Davenport, and John Wertheim. The gang, all back with you. Ten days in, we are down to the final eight on both sides. Martina, what are you most looking forward to today? Uh, I'm looking forward to what could be uh, a midnight special between Rublev and Sinner. Those guys have had... Um, Sinner has been playing so well, hadn't really been tested. This is his first, first big test. Rublev, meanwhile, comes off a five-setter. So he might be a little bit tired, but he'll be ready to go as he showed how fired up he was after that win. So that should be a that should be a popcorn match today. Hmm. Well, you know, we're still looking for the golf Sabalenka. Mm -hmm. They both win today. That'll be the match. But I'm really looking forward to the last American male standing, Taylor Fritz. There was something special about his win over Sitsipas. Those last two sets were the highest level of tennis that I've seen Taylor compete at. He's going to need to bring that level plus a little bit more if he has a chance against Novak. But one of these days, we know that the American males are going to come through. He's going to need something special, but let's see if he can pull off the upset. Yeah, John? Goff Sabalenka, but can I tell you what I'm not looking forward to? What's that? Tune-up events before majors in the Australian Open, in particular in 2025. Why is that? Three guys did not play any tune-ups heading into this event. Alcaraz, Sinner, Medvedev, how are they going to do? Open up the season hot at the first major. You know what? All three of them have been pretty terrific. All still in the draw. It will be very interesting to see if other players don't take a cue from them next year. And speaking of one of those guys, Carlos Alcaraz, he is just getting better and better. Take a look at what he did yesterday, looking to complete his set of Grand Slam quarterfinals. Take it on Miamir Ketsmanovic. Last time they played, it went three sets, Martina. A very different three sets last night. Yeah, well, Ketsmanovic didn't have all his legs up to his five-set win in the last round, but Alcaraz just came out, came out on fire, got the early break to go up 2-1. Never faced a break point the whole match. Then it comes up with such amazing shots like the backhand cross court. In trouble, getting out of trouble, but really was dictating with his forehand. He hit one ball 106 miles an hour in the middle of the rally. 
just uh, pummeled uh, Kesmanovic with his with his uh, forehand. Had uh, a lot of luck for winners. Kesmanovic just couldn't get to the ball. Was playing defense a lot more than he likes. That's not his game. But Alcaraz just took the game out of his hands and uh, dominated with the forehand mostly, but the backhand came through nicely as well. In last set, um, Kacmanovic had nothing left, and Alcaraz, this is by far the best match he's played in this tournament. 43 winners, less than 20 unforced errors. Carlos Alcaraz did not face a break point and broke five times, utter domination. He is the youngest man since Novak Djokovic to reach the quarterfinals at every Grand Slam. Let's hear from him. On the court, I'm feeling better and better every day. I'm feeling better and better uh, every match that, I, that I'm playing, uh, coming into the quarterfinal with a lot of confidence. So I, I, I will try to take, uh, to take this as an advantage, you know, to the confidence that I, that I have uh, and the level that I'm that I playing. But uh, hopefully uh, in the quarterfinals against Sasa, uh, we'll play a, a better match than, than today. Lindsay, he said he's playing better and better every day. What did you see? Absolutely. And it, as John just mentioned, didn't play a warm-up event. He played late into the season. He wanted some time off. He played a couple exos. Wasn't as sharp maybe the first and second matches that he played in Melbourne, but he has gotten better. And that's really what he's looking for, trying to peak the second week, obviously the second weekend. But the way he's now been able to play these last couple matches, he hasn't been tested physically. He's in perfect shape now going through the push and the final three matches of this first major of the year. I think if you're in Team Alcarez, you're feeling very good about where Carlos is at right now. Mm -hmm. uh, strange tournament, too. You started off against Gasquet, guy in his late 30s, and he played for the first time in his career someone younger than him. Then he's playing unseated. I mean, it's been a very strange sort of arrhythmic tournament, and he has looked terrific. As he himself says, he's looked better and better. Also, are you guys not a ton of drama around this guy. Not a lot. You know, we're talking about Novak, and we're talking about you know matches that end early in the morning in Coco. How would he guy, do without his coach? Yeah, how would he do without <laughs> his coach? That's a Great good one. one. Yeah. yeah, Juan Carlos Ferrero. For, for a guy who's really justifiably the face of tennis going forward, it's kind of weirdly been under the radar, yeah. no? It, it, it has. And by the way, he was asked after uh, about the meals he eats. We gave Sloan Stevens like, oh, what's she doing eating sushi? He said, I eat sushi before every match. <laughs> oh my the night before every match. So maybe sushi Well, is night before key. is different yeah, during. than during. <laughs> I'll give him night before. Yeah, during is something I hadn't heard of. <laughs> Martina, the other day we were talking about Novak Djokovic. 58 quarterfinals in 73 Grand Slam appearances. But in his first 12, he only made four. Carlos Alcaraz has made seven quarterfinals in his first 12 Grand Slam appearances. An unbelievable consistency and the only drama he provides on the court are with his shots <laughs> so yeah it's really amazing to watch um i uh, yeah what can you say about this guy i mean he's just getting started and we're already talking in such superlatives and he's living up to uh, to all the expectations and then some he's the most complete player that that's come out so early so complete already and he can still get better his hunger for the sport and the love i, I love it the passion just shines through he was the youngest to get to number one. And by the way, he can get back to number one if he beats Novak Djokovic in a wow. final here. That's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's get back to the highlights from last night. Alexander Zverev, Cam Norrie both needed five-set comebacks. In the second round, Lindsay, they would play their own marathon match against each other. Yeah, were you ready for a four-hour match, Steve? I always. That's <laughs> what the fans got in this matchup. And it was Zverev in the first set who came up clutch in the latter stages, able to get that first set. 
A lot of credit to Cam Norrie, though. He went right back to work in that new ultra-aggressive game, looking to come in as much as he can, looking to use his forehand as a bigger weapon. He would win the second set. But Zverev, he's been so consistent this year. He only has the one loss, and that was at the United Cup to Dimonor. Other than that, gosh, he's looked good so far this season. Nothing seems to bother him on the court. Gets the third, but again, here comes Cam Norrie, finally able to get that break late in the fourth set. And for a player who had to withdraw from the lead-in tournament in Auckland, then he beats Rude, and he fought so hard in this match. We go to a fifth set breaker. This is when the wheels came off for Nori. Gets up 6-5, Steve. He would then lose 14 of the last 17 points. Verb really buckled down and found his best at the end when it really counted. This one's going to hurt for Nori. He gave it everything he had to get back to the quarterfinals. Just came up a little short. 54 winners, 15 aces for the German. By the way, this is the 32nd five-setter at the AO, a new record, and three off the all-time major record from the U.S. Open in 1983. We'll see if we'll get there. Hubi Urkacz has flown under the radar a bit in Melbourne. In fact, we have talked more, John, about the French wildcard, Arthur Kezo, than the top 10 seed from Poland. We can keep talking about him a little bit. Kezo had won one tour-level match before this tournament. He's been terrific. Such a fun player to watch, a lot of shot-making, but he played a superior player in Hubi Urkacz, the ninth seed. This was a close match. This was not one of these five setters we were talking about. This was a straight setter, but... This was really tough. Here we are in another tiebreak. First set was a break of the QB. Second, he won 86% of his serving points. That was the difference in this match. You're not going to win a lot of matches, Arthur Cazot, when you're only winning 14% of your return points. There's a nice lob. Cazot, some aggressive play. Uh, both of them had 41 winners, interestingly enough. Hubie had fewer errors and just too much power. Again, got through the first two sets and breakers, a break in the third, but Cazot ought to be really pleased with his effort at this tournament and his effort yesterday. Hubie had to play well. He did. He advances, but keep an eye on Cazot. First quarterfinal at the Australian Open for the pole. And by the way, not a hyperbole to say he is the best server in the game right now. Cheers to Arthur Cazot. Uh, Hubie going to play the winner of this match between the two-time Aussie Open finalist Daniil Medvedev and the former Mississippi State star Nuno Borges. Yeah, if we uh, watch any return points, keep an eye on Medvedev's positioning. Uh, the payoff will come later in the show. Nice little tweener. You watch Borges play and you say, man, this guy is good. He's never been in a top 50. Nice tweener before just on top of the net there. This was a close match both sets. Medvedev... Look at the time of day, by the way. Remember this guy went to sleep at 7 a.m. after the 3.40 a.m. finish. He's back. His circadian rhythms are back. His game is back. There's that deep positioning we were talking about. Sometimes you pay a price for that. That was gorgeous. Medvedev had match points to win this in straights. He didn't convert. He had a couple of frustrating plays like this. Watch that. Gimme overhead. Crowds the net. Little lob. Bit of a highlight uh, in that fourth set for Borges, who... Again, played very well for a guy playing the biggest match of his career. Ultimately, Medvedev reset very nicely in the fourth. No problem. Look at that. That's a point you don't see uh, every day. Overall, Medvedev, 34 winners, 66 unforced errors for his opponent is a big number. And Medvedev gets through into the round of eight. That quarter's here for the third time and talked about that upcoming matchup with Herkacz. He serves well. He serves well. It's tough to return his serve. Uh, you know, by number of aces, he was number one. So maybe actually the best serve there uh, last year. 
So that's going to be the key. I need to stay strong on my serve. Don't give him the break and uh, either try to break him or go to the tiebreak and try to win the tiebreak. So going to prepare uh, well mentally uh, tomorrow. Take a look at this. First time in the open era that all the top six seeds have reached the quarterfinals in men's singles. Incredible, Lindsay. Yeah, Tell Chalk. Only one, right? Well, Holger Runa. Yeah, he's out. Didn't make it. But we are almost had the top eight seeds. Yeah. And Tsitsipas. Yeah. That's the only two. You're in the round of eight, and the highest seeded player is, is Taylor Fritz. That's the high seed at number 12. That's uh, a lot of chalk. Chalk flew up. Some great matchups coming up on the men's side. As John mentioned, Jim Curry are going to join us from Melbourne, get a master class from Daniil Medvedev. We also break down the big quarterfinal between Sinner and Rublev. Who's got the edge in that one? And we'll bring back the mum tracker with both Victoria Azarenka and Alina Svitolina on the court. Eight started. How many remain? It's TC Live. We'll be right back. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. By Tennis Express, we deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Martina, Lindsay, John, and Steve back with you on TC Live. A reminder, we will join you every day at 5 o'clock Eastern, standing ready for first ball in Melbourne. Then it is Tennis Channel's encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. You don't want to miss that. Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Back to the action. Two-time champ Victoria Azarenka playing a qualifier in Diana Yastremska Lins, the Ukrainian fought back in both sets. Yeah, what a magnificent day it was for Yastremska, Steve. Azarenka had a couple of set points in that game. She was serving for the first set, but Yastremska just so mentally tough. And Steve, she was controlling this match. She was the player going after her shots. It ended up being 38 to 16 in winners for Yastremska. Vika very passive today, thinking the youngster maybe get tired, would maybe fold. She got off to a three-love lead in the second set, but a lot of credit to Yastremska, who was able to reset herself early in those that second set and able to go on a run of games here. And again, just all over reading Vika's shots, hitting winners from the back of the court, moving forward, putting shots away. 
Vika was so frustrated by the end of this match, but this is a career-changing tournament for Yastrzemska, getting through the qualies, now to the final eight. Mm. 38 winners to Azarenka's 16. She is the second qualifier in the open era to defeat two former Grand Slam champions at a major. Soak it in, Diana Yastrzemska. A tough situation, Martina, in this match between Linda Noskova and Alina Svitolina. Only lasted three games. Yeah, Svitolina apparently felt tight back. Sometimes when you play, when you're lucky, it loosens up. It wasn't to be for Svitolina. She kept stretching it. She got the trainer out. She could not hit a serve at all. Uh, she really couldn't hit it back, and the only shot she could hit was forehand, but that wasn't enough, and she had to she had to give up. Uh, she said it was for, like shooting pains in her back, something she never felt before. So hopefully, she'll recover quickly from this. But um, huge disappointment. She was really the favorite for me in that top half to get to the finals. Huge opportunity missed, and you know when your body says no, that's that's all you can do. Yeah, sad for Svitolina. Started with eight mums, Lindsay, yeah. and uh, that was that was heartbreaking it. to see Svitolina go out, and mm -hmm. she was a real favorite on that top part of the draw, and to have it end like that. I mean, when your back freezes and locks up, there's yeah. nothing you could do, and you could see it immediately. But we are done done with our mum tracker, Steve. Yeah. We are. But shout out to all the moms out yeah, there. Yeah, that all was awesome. MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of two-time moms, Tatiana yeah. Maria and Caroline, well, Wozniacki. Right. It's a good effort. Yeah, totally. All right, so we got a good matchup between Noskova yep. and Yastremska, John. They've never played before. What do you think of this? I, I mean, the way Noskova Beats the number one player. I mean, what a strange tournament for her, right? You beat the number one player in the world, and then you've got the next biggest match of your career coming, and then you only last three games. I think Noskova's probably uh, the favorite. I mean, we're sort of at the point, who the heck knows? But um, Yastrzemska, too, has played an awful lot of tennis. I think Noskova's probably the favorite. What a strange... You, you beat the number one player in the world, then you have the sentimental player who's been in the top five. She only lasts three games, and then you play a qualifier. That's in succession. You're supposed to get harder as you go through a tournament. <laughs> Yeah, we keep waiting. I, I, I actually thought Yastrzemska might hit the wall against Azarenko. She's come through qualities. Listen, Emma Raducanu never did That's in right. that U.S. Yeah. Open that she won. But history tells us that typically when you have to play three extra matches the week before, it, it can catch up to you. But credit Yastrzemska. I thought in the beginning of that second set that was happening. And she showed me something that I was so impressed with, that level she was able to show. So I don't know. I don't really feel like counting her out yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes seven wins to win a major. She's already won seven. Yep, exactly. uh, needs three more here because she went through qualies. And then you got Noskova, the, the fifth Czech teenager to make the quarters here. Another one of those, our own Martina. Yeah. Uh, who, who has impressed you more so far, Martina? Well, Noskova, the way she uh, she handled Iga Shriontek was really amazing. I mean, she I've, I've watched her before, but she's really come of age in this tournament. But Yastremska, you know, she escaped bombing in Odessa a couple of years ago. So for her to be playing, she, th these Ukrainian players, I think, are playing better because of what's going on in their country. And I don't think she's going to have a mental letdown. She's so happy to be here. She's really appreciating it. And as Lindsay said, a career-changing tournament for her. Now she doesn't have to qualify. She'll be probably get seated pretty soon if she keeps going. And, uh, yeah, I think she's a slightly better athlete than Nosko. It's a bit of a bigger ball. But I'm seeing Yastremska actually coming through here. Mm. Definitely has more experience in, in these deeper situations as won a title before in the WTA. But that's one we'll have our eyes on yeah. to see who yeah. comes through into the semifinals. Mitam, how about Anna Kalinskaya, Jasmine Paolini, both into the fourth round at a major for the first time. In fact, John, both players had lost 
all four of their opening round matches here before this year. This is the land of opportunity. This is a, a big match for two mid-career veterans. Paulini in the pink actually was seated at 26, but she's never played at the second week of a major 28 years old. And Callan Skaya, who's never been in the top 50, backed up that win against Lone Stevens with a very solid outing yesterday. A tight first set, takes it 6-4, gets an early break into the, in the second set. And, I mean, this is such a big match for these players. This is We talk about career-changing matches. These are two veterans. They've been out here a long time. And Kalinskaya ultimately played the sounder tennis. Clean match, 20 winners, 13 unforced errors. Did what she had to do to advance, and that's the biggest win of her career. And she was asked, if someone said a few weeks ago, would you be in the AO quarterfinals, what would you say? Her answer, I would believe it. I love that confidence from the Russian. Uh, two more women in the fourth round of the Australian Open for the first time. Zhang Chinwen. And Oceana Dodan, Lindsay, huge opportunity here. It was, and this was one of those matches, Steve, where a player gets through a tight one where Zhang did in her previous match. Tie break in the third against Countrywoman Wang. She played the best match that we've seen so far this tournament. She was free. She was crushing winners. Listen, it was a tough fall for her. Her coach, Wim Fassett, left her to go back to work with Naomi Osaka. She was devastated. Managed to get her previous coach, Per Riva, back. Everybody likes her, and it was great to see her play at her best level. We didn't see it yet in this tournament, and now a real opportunity for her to get through. A lot of pressure on her, and she handled it beautifully. Hit 19 winners to just five for Dodin. Only dropped three points on her first serve. How about her second straight Grand Slam quarterfinal? She is a big match player. So we've got a new Grand Slam finalist guaranteed in the top half of the draw. This is wild. Uh, I said there would be two unseated. You said one. We were both wrong, Lindsay. Okay, can we go back to the men's draw? <laughs> where I said zero unseated players would make the oh, quarter. Oh, yeah. So. Props to you. Yeah, we didn't call this one so well. Remember Warren Buffett's billion-dollar challenge where you had to guess the brackets? Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm this, out this of is this why, guessing uh, game. Yeah. I, I do one thing, Martina's daughters, uh, two, two Czech players in that uh, country that's really been a, a phenomenal over-representation. Two players from Ukraine and the best of the bunch blew out her back and couldn't play. We almost had three Ukrainian quarterfinals. That would have been great as it stands. Boy, Martina, I don't know about you when you see this draw, but that's, that's something. All right, much more still to come when we return. We are breaking down the Coco Golf Marta Kostya quarterfinal from every angle. Don't miss what Lindsay and Martina have to say. Stay with us. As we lead you up to first ball on day 10 in Melbourne for all the latest news, make tennis.com your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire season. Steve Tigner tells you what to watch for every day. And David Kane has more on Coco Golf. Download the tennis app or visit the website. Now time for your daily forecast with Fox Weather. Good day, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather meteorologist Stephen Morgan. Here is today's Australian Open forecast. We've got mostly sunny skies expected in Melbourne. Maybe a couple of passing clouds. Temperatures, though, on the comfortable, even mild side. Temperatures going to be in the mid to upper 80s. Remember, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Thanks so much. Taking a look at the Tennis Express head-to-head between Coco Goff and Marta Kostyuk. Goff won the only previous match. That was two years ago in Adelaide. Went three sets. Both players in their first Australian Open quarterfinal. But that's also Kostyuk's first ever at a major. Let's go inside the press room to hear from the Ukrainian on this matchup. She's a you know tough competitor. She runs. She has a very fast serve, especially first. 
very solid backhand, you know, she's coming out from the title in Auckland. We played two years ago, was a very close match. Um, I don't know, it will be exciting. I have nothing to lose, really. I'm in my first quarterfinal, she's a top five player. I, will, I just want to go out there and really play aggressive, you know, and enjoy still having this journey. Good attitude to have back on the desk with Lindsay and Martina. Let's break this one down a little bit more. Marta talked about the match a couple years ago, but both different players back then. Yeah, really, uh, so much has really changed for golf in the two years since they played that tournament. And golf now as a Grand Slam champion. She also approaches matches differently. She has a couple of different ways to play. Two years ago, she was still trying to figure out how she wanted to play her tennis. Did she want to be aggressive? Did she want to be defensive? But she was still able to control this match over Kostyuk. Kostyuk as well, one of the most improved players in the last nine months or so. Since May, she's lost one time to a player outside the top 25, so is really buttoning up her game, beating the players she's supposed to beat, and giving herself opportunities against the players ranked higher. Goff able to get through on this day in three close sets. Kostyuk talked about it. She's aware, though, both of them are different players now. Yeah, and she knows the opportunity she has with Coco Golf being a top five player now, also in her first quarterfinal here in Melbourne. Uh, that's about where the comparisons end because Coco is now a major champion heading into this match and this tournament and really has a ton of confidence the entire way that she's been going on in Melbourne. Yeah, and the question is, does Kostyuk, she's not used to playing this deep into a major. It's a different ball game mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm always curious to see when that hits a player. It never hit Raducanu right. that year at the U.S. Open, but Martina, it is tough your first time kind of navigating the waters of a second week of a major. Yeah, you're in this suspended animation all the time with the nerves. You play your match, then you relax maybe for an hour, and then already you're thinking about the next match. And most of these players haven't been in this kind of a situation for such a long time. So they get tired physically, but I think more than that, they get tired emotionally. So we'll see if, if Marta can, can hold it together against Coco. As she said, she's got nothing to lose. She'll be playing aggressively. So we'll see. We'll see if she can manage that. Martina, that is the mental aspect of it. Obviously, Coco's a heavy favorite, but in terms of the game plan, what can she do to win this match against Coco Goff? Uh, what she can do is go after the forehand of Coco, of course. As Coco needs to be more aggressive with the forehand. Those floaters, you know, through the middle of the court that she gets away with, with many players, she won't be able to get away with Kostyuk. She's going to be looking for that. She's got a very good game plan, I'm sure. Her new coach, Sandra Zanevska, is, is a real great uh, tennis mind. And I think she'll have a very much more, she'll have clarity of what she needs to do. So um, it's just a matter of whether she can execute. She'll have a good game plan, but I think she'll be going after those shorter balls of Coco. So Coco needs to be careful with that. Yeah, both these two players really have benefited from coaches coming into their camps last year. We talked so much about Bad Gilbert and what he has done for Coco's game. Came on board after the Wimbledon loss. But also Kostyuk has been working with Sandra, as Martina said, who's been a wonderful coach for many years, spent a lot of years with Petra Martic. She's made an immediate difference with Marta in yeah. the belief and, and also the professionalism approaching matches. So it's always interesting to see when you have two coaches who have such a big influence, what are their strategies going in? Because these players are going to be coming in with a 
very clear game plan. Well, obviously you have to execute it, but it's always fun to see what the other coach thinks they need to do to win and break down. <laughs> and uh. Listen, Marta's had to, to work a couple three setters for her. Coco Goff has not dropped a set yet in this tournament and now just three wins away from joining my friends Martina and Lindsay as Australian Open Women's Singles Champions. A lot more to get to here on TC Live as we lead you up to first ball when we come back. Jim Courier joins us from Melbourne with all the latest news. Plus, we've got our doubles report and look ahead to today's biggest matches. Stay with us. Welcome back. We are leading up to quarterfinal action in Melbourne. And one of the final eight on the men's side will be none other than Daniil Medvedev is back into the quarterfinals for the third time in four years. Last night, the Russian took out Nuno Borges in four sets. This was match point for Medvedev. Borges played well for the set off of the two-time finalist, but in the end, it was Daniil Medvedev, and afterwards, Jim Courier asked him to give him a master class in return position. Could you give us all a little master class on the evolution of your return? My return from close, I don't think is that good. Like, I can, I can do it, but it's not uh, the best. And then you ask Novak or someone else. But uh, yeah, I started here, and then at one moment uh, with, uh, with my coach, uh, well, or even by myself, uh, you know, I would play uh, some guy that uh, I would come on tour, and then there is uh, Joe Wilfred Tsonga, who is only doing 220, and I'm like, okay, and I lost the match, I remember, pretty easy, no break points. And I was like, maybe should do something different. So next time I played someone who, who served uh, big, I would go somewhere here. And then I would play someone who served bigger, and I would go somewhere here. And then at one moment I understood that I can actually play many guys like this, because what it makes me do is when I'm on the ball, I kind of don't hit a return, I hit like a normal topspin shot because when the ball comes to me, it's not anymore, it's in the good position and stuff like this. So uh, at one moment I just understood that uh, that's where uh, my return is the best um, and I started playing better. At many serves, I return them by running to them. So when you're close, you just do one step and you kind of block the return. From here, sometimes I do like three, four steps and I think, uh, to be honest, kind of Anyone can do it, but you need uh, practice. And what's good from here, it's very tough to hit it out. Um, yeah, so you can, yeah, yeah, you can uh, hit pretty strong, and uh, many times you're gonna be surprised the way it goes in. You should try. Uh, I should try. I could tell you one thing: at 53 years old, taking four steps is no longer an option. <laughs> so good. Jim Courier joining the program as always. Such a stellar job on those post-match interviews. I was waiting for you to tell Daniel. Uh, you think this is normal? You think this is normal? Standing back here? <laughs> it's, he's amazing, isn't he? He's a marvel. Welcome to my hotel room, by the way, guys. Sorry I'm not outside, but uh, you're coming indoors in Melbourne uh, today, so it's a little bit of a different background. But he never disappoints in interviews. I think he first led on at the U.S. Open when, when he kind of became the villain in New York that, a couple of years back, that he's willing to just stay out there and have a chat. And he's been in a great mood for good reason here in this tournament. He's playing excellent tennis. And, and um, you know, I thought I thought he would give us a good discourse. And he really went deep. It was high level. That was uh, that was 
definitely AP returning from uh, from Evita because look, this guy has become one of the great returners in men's tennis because he's adapted that deeper return position. We saw Nadal doing it on the dirt and then on the hard courts, and Medvedev is just taking it to a new extreme, and the numbers don't lie. Like it is return games one, uh, which is the most important stat. He's top five in, in breaking serve. First serves, he, he manages so much better than he did before he started to move back. And when you couple that in with being one of the game's great servers, that's why Daniel Medvedev is who he is. He's a marvel. He's intelligent. He explains things better than in English than I can. So uh, we're <laughs> glad we gave him the microphone and let him go. That was awesome. It yeah. really was. All right, let's talk about Taylor Fritz. He's going for his first Grand Slam semifinal, Lindsay. And then you got Novak Djokovic still on course for number 25 overall. What are your initial thoughts here? Yeah, these two played not too long ago, and it was all Novak Djokovic getting the best of Fritz at the U.S. Open. And Fritz went into that match with a lot of hope. He played great those last two sets against Tsitsipas. Again, he's got to bring that level. Different challenges, better returner, and obviously a player who knows exactly how to handle these kind of situations. It's a small chance for Taylor. Mm but he's going to have to bring the powerful ground strokes. He's going to have to return great, get into some return games, challenge Novak, get some breaks. How do you hold your serve almost every single time? If Fritz is going to win this match, he, he can't afford to get broken every set. Got to serve well. Yeah. 8-0, that's a, a lot of data points, and some of those have been at majors, some of those haven't, some of those have been at night. Some of, that's, that's a variety of conditions as well. Taylor's got to have the serving match of his life. Curious about conditions. We, we assume it's a night match, but perhaps not. We assume it'll be a tempered day. We, it's we, a day, day match. It's a day, day match. match. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, I think there are some signs for Taylor and there are some things he can do well. Again, I, I make the case he's coming off the biggest win of his career, certainly mm -hmm. in, a, in a best of five format. But um, that that eight and zero, oh, a lot is packed in there if you go if you go deeper on that number. Jim Lindsay was talking earlier about the the, the confidence that, that Taylor had in his last match. I mean, he, pointing to his team, saying, I told you I was going to win this, and that he needs that attitude going into this match. Do you think he'll have that same sort of confidence? He's going to need to come out with swagger today. I think he has a few things that are actually cutting in his direction, which are a little bit unexpected. A, uh, you know, Novak... Uh, has been playing mostly night matches in the last couple tournaments that he's played here. He's going to play his second consecutive day match. Now, it wasn't really a problem in his last one. We know famously Novak's not crazy about playing in hot conditions. This has been an unusually cool Australian Open. That's changing today. It starts this morning. It's cold. I went out for breakfast, needed a jacket. But by the time these guys take the court, it's going to be approaching 90 degrees. So that's going to be a shock to the system. You factor in a couple things. Novak has been under the weather this entire tournament, had a chest cold. He's been nasally, been, been having blowing his nose. How's he going to feel energy-wise? Because that will be tested if they can, if, if Taylor can keep him out there and force him to play a lot of defense. That's where Novak will have to spend energy. Another thing, faster conditions mean Taylor's serve and his forehand are going to be flying through the court faster. That's good for Taylor as well. So, if you're going to have a chance, you need some things to go in, in your way. And last time they played in this tournament a couple of years ago, uh, Taylor had things going his way, and then the curfew hit, and they had to stop the match, and he lost momentum. Today, that shouldn't be a problem. It's going to be a beautiful day, but it's going to be a warm one, and it's an opportunity. Nothing to lose for Taylor. Come out, slug it out, see if you can take out the top dog. Yeah, why not? Listen, that was the match where he got the two sets yeah. out of 20 yeah. that he's ever yeah. won against Novak Djokovic. How does he think about that? 
and not those other seven matches. Well, Novak was also struggling with an ab injury in that match. It's another one of those slams that he was able to get through a pretty bad injury. You've just got to channel everything, and you have to try and go out there. It's a new match. It's a new opportunity. Try to forget about some of the past matches. I'm sure his coaches, both Mike Russell and Paul Anacone, will give him something that happened in those matches to look to not have happened again. But again, that's pretty big what Jim was saying. If it does, the weather does get up into that temperature, it definitely favors Taylor. Yeah, this is a 90 degree day. You got to think that favors Taylor. Um, I, let's see what he does with the serve. Let's see what he does with momentum. I'm, I'm impressed. Just we used to say Taylor Fritz needs to up his game at the majors. Back to back quarters is really impressive. Let's see if he can go one round further now. I'm just curious what, what his girlfriend has basically put on the table that's going to inspire him. Uh, you know, last match, it was the Vegemite. What, what's the, the challenge here that's going to drive him to that, that big upset? Because, you know, as a big man, I mean, honestly, sometimes it's the little things that can just take your mind off of it. He knows this is a big challenge. He knows it's a big opportunity trying to push on into his first major semifinal against the GOAT. There's a lot at stake, uh, but again, I, I just keep coming back to things are breaking in the right way for Taylor here. The day match is going to be hot. Seems to be no rain on the agenda. Um, you know, I, I give him a, a smaller chance than I would have, all things considered, if it was a night match. Morgan, I mean, a bigger chance, I should say. Morgan struggled with with a spoonful of Vegemite, so I, I don't know if she's uh, offering up any we more We all challenges. would. <laughs> that stuff's nasty. <laughs> You heard it from Jim. No Vegemite for us here in America. Uh, guess who's coming on site right now, getting ready to take on Coco Golf. That's a great sign for Marta Kostya. She, she looks really loose. happy. She looks yeah. loose. <laughs> Not a care in the world. Ready to go. First major quarterfinal back after this. Welcome back. Love that music. We're already looking forward to Paris, the year's second major. Will Rafa be there? Will Novak be going for 26? Tennis Channel will once again bring you extensive daily live coverage from Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the Grand Slam excitement on the Terrebat 2 in Paris beginning Sunday, May 26. Time to break down some doubles worth. I'm Taylor Townsend. Beatrice Haddad Maya looking to make the quarterfinals continue a five match win streak, but Christina Buxa. And Alexandra Panova were tough. Yeah, this is continuing a theme of upsets on the women's side. This is in the doubles this time. This is the eighth seed. This was like uh, left, was it lefty Lucy, righty tidy? The, uh, the the right handers make uh, make a match that neither of these players, Busa and Panova, are in the top 50 in doubles, but they got it done yesterday. Uh, surprising result out here. We all like Taylor in her hands at the net. But the opponents finding the spots. 12, I always like the stats in doubles. 12 winners, only two unforced errors. I'm not quite sure if that's clean tennis. 100% right. But that's, that is uh, clean tennis. And this was an upset. This is one of these shotgun teams. Again, neither of them in the top 50, but they beat Taylor and Padet Maya. Mm. How about that new team? Barbora Krejcikova, Laura Sigmund playing the Virginia NC State College duo of Emma Navarro and Diana Schneiderland. Yeah, so many teams on the WTA Tour switched at the end of last season. Krejcikova and Sigmund, another one of them. But gosh, they've looked so good throughout and they were able to dominate in this match. Broke serve five times, only got broken the one time in the first set. They were dominant once they got going in this. Krejcikova. Still alive in the singles mm -hmm. and doubles, Steve. And this sets up a popcorn 
round match in the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. It's going to be Krejcikova against Siniakova. All the drama we've been wanting. Yep, they played together in the juniors, the pros, won grand slams, won gold medals, and split. Let's see how that one goes in the next round. Yeah, let's take I a want look at that highlight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, LD is <laughs> getting that one. <laughs> Plus, by the way, Krejcikova beat Storm Hunter in singles here. So a little extra spice added to that. Both Hunter and Siniakova. Last, we last, want Barbora. And last player still to have Sue Shade. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Last, uh, last tired tournament. from singles. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a whole segment on that draw, if you like. Okay. We're going to talk more about that I, I want to hear later. Jim, though. Jim, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, Jim. We got an upset here, Jim. Marcel Grenelier, Horatio <laughs> Zabios. They're the four seeds, but Yannick Hoffman, Dominic Kepfer had other ideas. Yeah, the all-German duo. You might see more uh, teams playing national doubles this year in an Olympic year as they gear up for that opportunity to get some reps in Hoffman and Kupfer. Yeah, they came out. There's been some big upsets in the doubles draw. You still have uh, the number two seeds, Bopana and Ebden, down at the bottom, but it's kind of the draws that definitely opened up. Big opportunity, and keep in mind, there's big money available for these doubles players as well as just the general prestige of being a major champion. So the Germans, it was not easy. I mean, look at that scoreline. They were battling hard here all the way. Very little between them. A lot of big serves on the court, but eventually they get, them, they get it done. And another upset in the men's doubles draw. More opportunity awaits this German duo. Will we see them in Paris? Possibly so. But again, look at the top. This, there, there's a lot of opportunity here. for, uh, And you think Bopana Efton are definitely the clear favorites. By the way, you mentioned Rohan Bopana. He is one win away from becoming world number one for the very first time at 43. He would be the oldest first time number one ever. Pretty cool. Still to come, our Bet365 match preview has the odds on Yannick Sinner and Andre Rublev. Can the Russian make his first major semifinal? We'll discuss. Welcome back. Do not miss a new series on T2. Good Trouble with Nick Kyrgios featuring the Aussie star in revealing conversations with top figures in sports, entertainment, and tennis. Check out the premiere episode as he sits down with Chef Gordon Ramsay next Wednesday, January 24th, 7 p.m. Eastern, streaming on T2. Time now for our Bet365 match preview. Yannick Sinner, pretty heavy favorite against Andre Rublev. It is our first match between top five players at this year's event. Center, the only man who hasn't dropped a set yet. Jim, how much is that 0 for 9 in Grand Slam quarterfinals in Rublev's head? Well, we'll find out today if he's able to, to bring the same level that he did against Alex Diminor the other night because he was phenomenal. But he also was fatiguing at the end of that five-set match. That probably factors in to these odds. We need to get – I need Brett Connors, our resident betting guru at Tennis Channel, to give me a little insight into all these numbers and things. I'm just sort of a top-line Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Guy, I can't figure out the numbers. What I can tell you is that Sinner has been the most dominant male player in this tournament. He's looked so impressive. And it, this is going to be an old-fashioned shootout. Both of these guys are going to be trying to get on top early in the points. And, uh, you know, the match with Diminor and Rublev, there were so many swinging half-volley ground strokes from the baseline. Andre Agassi used to do that. And we thought, wow, how is that even possible? And now it's just become routine. These guys do it. They don't seem to miss. Uh, but if Sinner plays the level he's been playing, it's hard for me to imagine he's going to lose a best-of-five set match even at, at night when it's going to be a little bit cooler against Rublev. We'll see if Rublev can get a set. I mean, Yannick has just been going through this draw 
with reckless abandon. Uh, we do have some sad news to pass along as we enter the social net. Alan Mills, who served as the Wimbledon tournament referee for nearly a quarter century, died last Thursday. He was a fixture, Lindsay, at the championships for 30 years. Yeah, he was. He was um, the head referee there at the All England Club. And you got to remember, there were no roofs when he was the referee. So it was chaotic for him to try and manage all the rain delays all the different things going on. Um, he also was the tournament referee in the Miami Open when it was played over on Key Biscayne. Uh, I remember when I won Wimbledon, he's the first one to walk out on the court. He squeezed my hand and gave me a wink and he was always such a wonderful man and he will be missed um, in this sport. That was, that was lovely. Uh, he was always very generous and forthright with the media. I remember I was researching a book once and came across the name Alan Mills, who I think he beat Rod Laver. I said, oh, it's funny, a guy shared a name with the Wimbledon referee. Oh, no, that was Alan Mills. He was a former player. He just didn't tell you about how accomplished he was yeah. because he had a job to do. He was always a complete gentleman, and uh, we wish his family the best. Yeah, Alan was a terrific player. Glad you brought that up, John. I was going to if you didn't. But what he also was was a really calming presence in a sea of emotion because what referees have to deal with are people who are unhinged, <laughs> the players and <laughs> the agents and everyone who wants something. And it's his job is to kind of part the seas and keep everything calm. No one did it better than Alan Mills. It's been a really tough week for British tennis with Mike Dixon, the, the respected journalist passing, and now Alan. Um, so we, we send his family the best and, and know that he was the best. He was awesome. Yeah, we certainly do. Actually made the fourth round at Wimbledon in singles. Represented Great Britain in three Davis Cups, as well as being the tournament referee there for nearly three decades. Alan Mills was awarded the honor commander of the Order of the British Empire for his achievements in tennis. He was 88 years old. Welcome back. We love when players inspire one another. Jim, we, we saw Rina Sabalenka do the high kick to knock that off of her uh, trainer, Jason Stacey's head. And look at Novak. Ooh. There might be a high Novak with his uh, former former hitting partner, now uh, now co-manager, Carlos Gomez Herrera, who is a lot taller yeah, than exactly. Arena's guy. That's a bit of a problem. And and if you if you watch Carlos's left hand, he gets the final word as, as Novak goes up. Yeah. Uh, he gives him a little swat away here, right there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. There was no trust. Everyone's having fun, though. No. <laughs> I'm glad Jim brought that up. Have we seen that promotion before from hitting partner to manager? I think Carlos Gomez may have uh, pulled the first on the org chart. Carlos Costa, maybe. Hitting partner to manager? Well, yeah, he's maybe. a great player. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. He could, All right. could have been a hitting partner. That could be our stat of the to. day tomorrow, Lindsay, when you do it. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Hubert Hurkosh before. You know, very nice player. Won Miami, beat Roger Federer in his last match at a major top 10 player. We looked at this. Coming into this event, this just threw. I mean, it's a little factoid. Factoid of the day more than a stat, but he had a sub-500 record at hardcourt majors coming into this event. He's looked terrific here, top 10 seed. And again, he's had success on hardcourts before, but it hasn't happened at the majors. I was surprised by that stat. He looked our shocked. guys, and uh, yeah, he's, he's like this. <laughs> he's like, what? what? Oh. <laughs> that can't be the case. All right, our hot shot of the day. Jim, take us through it. Yeah, this is when Alcaraz was in full flight, two sets up. He wouldn't lose another game from here. This was pure exhibition tennis from Alcaraz. Just an absolute vapor trail going across the net here. This was a 171 kilometers an hour, which comes in about 106 or 7 miles an hour. 
blistering, and that was basically the look that Ketsmanovic had on his face in the entire third set. Yes, Ketsmanovic was tired. He played a couple five setters coming into that, but Alcaraz was absolutely flawless in that final set. Awesome to watch. Yeah, he looked good. Here are the quarterfinals on day 10. Coco Golf, Marta Kostiuk in the day session. Temperatures going to reach 90, says Courier. Taylor Fritz, Novak Djokovic. Then we got Arena Sabalenka, Barbora Krejcikova. And in the night session, Yannick Sinner and Andre Rublev. Talked a little bit earlier about Marta Kostiuk and Coco Golf from the Kostiuk angle. Let's go from the Coco yeah. angle. Uh, listen, she's already won a title this year, hasn't lost a match, hasn't lost a set. What does she need to do? You don't change anything yep. if you're golf, and you realize the advantage that you have in the speed out there and being able to handle pace. That's one of the things she's most improved on, absorbing pace, getting balls back into play, her serve as well. She's managing her serve much better. The double faults seem to be gone. It'll be interesting to see in some matches, as Jim was saying, if it is a little hotter, it is going to be a little faster. Does she go for bigger first serves? I really feel like this match is in Goff's hands. Yes, Kostjuk plays the more aggressive tennis. She's going to be going for it more. But Coco has that ability to get six, seven, eight, however many shots back into court that she needs. I think she's going to draw a bunch of errors from Kostjuk, and she knows it. Just looking at uh, you know your, your Rublev, you're trying to break the streak, and you've got to play center. The draw gods really frowned on you. On the other hand, look at Coco going for the semifinals, just cruising along, and now she gets a player who's not seated, barely in the top 40. They played once before. Coco won. A lot of power on her side of the net. I think she can't ask for much more. And like you say, I mean, it's just been it's been very crisp and very clinical, and you would think she would keep it up today. Traction on the neck there for uh, for Kostic. I have to, that's what I have to do with the herniated discs. Is like you stretch the neck. That's so what I, I got to do before okay. this show. <laughs> you need some. I get that done back there. Yeah, first sitting here with you guys. Uh, Jim Taylor Fritz, Novak Djokovic. Let's talk a little more about it. Uh, we got Djokovic trying to extend to make a record-extending uh, 48th Grand Slam semifinal out of 73. As we see Coco coming on site, that's a 66% success rate. Not too shabby. No, we talked a lot about the, the good things that could happen for Taylor Fritz as he comes on site here this morning getting ready to go. Let's take a peek at, at it from the Djokovic angle. Uh, yeah, the hot weather that's going to make the ball fly faster. What does Novak want to do to Taylor? He wants to make Fritz play defense because Taylor is an amazing offensive player, but his defense doesn't match Novak's by any stretch. So when it's quick, first strike tennis is going to matter. And Djokovic has the ability both on the backhand and the forehand to do that. Djokovic also one of the best spot servers in men's tennis. So for Djokovic, if you're on his team, if you're even Isovich, I would think you're urging him to A, have your strings slightly tighter today so you get more control and you can swing freely, and B, try and get Fritz moving side to side. If you can make this a, a little bit of a windshield wiper drill for Taylor, things are going to go your way. Yeah, it's all about fighting off those first two strikes from Fritz. If, if Fritz is able to get a big return, Norvac needs to absorb that power and then go to work at spreading the court. There's no question that's going to be his goal. How consistent can Fritz be when he is forced to redline? He has to. He's got to try and go big early in rallies. He has to try and keep his unforced errors down. I mean, there's so many things that have to go Fritz's way. As Jim mentioned earlier, a couple of things have already kind of gone his way with the weather and the scheduling. But now he's got to bring it at his A-plus game on court. It's just such a tough matchup, as it often is when Novak's on the other side of the net. But the backhand, the backhand rallies will be neutralized in terms of playing 
first strike tennis Taylor is going to have to do that I do I didn't realize that 90 degree day mm. is that that could be an interesting factor especially we know Novak has said from the start he prefers the, the seven o'clock 730 start he won't get that but uh, yeah there's there's a lot of build up there I don't you know T Taylor's coming off a big win and Novak coming off sort of a, a strange sort of f funny match when he almost got a triple bagel I don't know maybe the rhythms are off but it's it's hard to look at an eight and zero head-to-head and not think that trend is going to continue. Taylor has seen his friends, Francis Tiafo, make oh. a Grand Slam semifinal. Tommy Paul make a Grand Slam semifinal. Ben Shelton, Shelton make a Grand Slam semifinal. We know that Taylor wants to be the number one ranked American in the world. We know he is just chomping at the bit to not only make a semifinal, but win the whole thing. So I think he's got a lot of confidence coming into this match. We will talk about it when we see you tomorrow. TC Live comes your way once again at 5 o'clock Eastern. Do not miss Brett and Paul's encore coverage at 7 a.m. Tuesday morning. For John, Lindsay, Jim, Martina, our entire team, I'm Steve Weissman. Thank you so much for joining us on TC Live. Enjoy the quarterfinals.